Welcome back. You're still tuned in to 657AM. This is I Am Live on a Friday evening. And we do want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful and blessed Friday tonight. Um, we have been having very interesting conversations tonight and really having a good time um, hanging out with you because we do believe that we're not speaking at you, but we're having conversations mm. with you. And we are quite literally here to spend some time with you. Now, we're having right now we're heading straight into our discussion and it is the month of July and as mentioned before that we want to head straight into talking about or rather explore the concept of fatherhood and explore more the topic of fatherhood because this is something that I believe is neglected a lot of times we really really need more conversations around what it means and more examples um, around what it means to be a good father and for young people to see that being displayed in front of them I genuinely do believe that it's something that we need a lot of so tonight we're talking about abusing authority as a father why does there's a specific scripture in the word actually um that so the the, the, this question comes from that scripture that's um why does the bible command fathers to not make their children angry or do not anger your children um, this is going to be the question that we're going to try to answer as we explore this conversation of abusing one's authority. Now, the the real question I want to begin with is, or I want to paint a picture first. There is being a father. Being a father comes with a certain level of authority. And the thing about the word is that it always, a lot of the, the gifts and the privileges rather that God has given us, I believe a lot of the privileges that God has given to us, he has given them to us with the assumption that we will abide according to his principles. We will make mistakes here and there, but the general assumption is that you will basically be of good intent. So God basically says to the man, um, you know, you have authority over your children and I've commanded your wives to submit to you as the husband. Now, that now comes with it, the assumption that you understand that you have the responsibility to love. It comes with the assumption that you understand that you have the responsibility to be kind to your wife and children and not abuse the authority that God has given you. The reason I bring that up is because I want to juxtapose it to the fact that there is a fine line, right? We as people are not good knowing when we've crossed that line. There is a huge difference, though... The line that separates those differences is very thin. There is a difference between exercising authority, like just basic, basic exercising of authority. Then there is on the other side, the abuse of authority. And the real question I want to know is, what can we use as a compass? How do we know that, first of all, you as a parent and as a father, you are abusing the authority that you have. So how does what does that look like, right? Because I know there's a lot of parents who don't believe that there's such a thing as me abusing my authority. I'm the parent. I'm supposed to be <laughs> listened to. And that's the thing that sometimes gets to me because I've, re- I've realized and I'm learning that a lot of people have a sense of entitlement, right? When they become parents, they feel that their children owe it to them 
to listen to every word that they say. Um, and if you differ on this, Charles, it's totally fine, right? It's just where I'm at and what I, where I stand. Um, I personally don't believe that being a parent and being a father gives you the authority or rather gives you the privilege to, you know, always be listened to by your children in no matter what circumstances. At some point, I've and I've seen this with my own eyes, parents do or rather fathers do tend to cross the line and abuse the authority they've been given. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's important for for fathers to teach their children uh, the importance of apologizing for when we make mistakes. How would I want my children or how do I think my children's going to apologize when they do something wrong if I don't show them that that's what we do? So if we do misuse authority, when I think, unfortunately, it comes a lot more natural than what we would like to admit. The moment you become a parent, you think you are this authoritative figure. You know, I've been given this. Now I've been, I'm, I'm commanded by God to be the head of the household. You understand? We, we fall into this. I literally want to say we fall into this trap. And I, I think it's important. I've, I've had a dad the other day told me that it's important in his house that the hierarchy must be restored. And I'm like... Yeah, it's interesting that we think the hierarchy must be restored, but but Jesus is the ultimate head of the house or the head of the church, mm-hmm. um, and he gave his life for it. So if you want to be a good dad, give your life for your family. Um, and that's the one thing. And, and, and the question that I think that, that was asked with regards to the scripture verse that you said that don't stir up your children to anger or what's it? I can't, don't stir up your children to wrath or something. Yeah. Um, depends on the translations. I think the obvious answer to that why God why does Paul command that to the to the is it the Ephesian church? I think it's the Ephesian church, right? Why does he command that to them? Is the fact that God exposes himself as a father throughout the entire Bible. We tend to think it starts in the New Testament because Jesus was a lot more verbal with regards to it in the New Testament. He is a lot more verbal with regards to it in the New Testament. But we see it in Deuteronomy already that God said to his to the nation of Israel said, I carried you like a father carries his son. And and I'm speaking now from someone that's done an immense amount of counseling with, with teenagers and young people, that their image of who God is if he says he is a father is directly related to the relationship that they have with their parents. So if they've got a bad relationship with their dad because their dad misused authority, their dad this, that, that, this, that, that, whatever the other thing is, they obviously assume God is the exact same thing. We only have one, uh, I believe, you only have one um, representation of fatherhood and that's usually your dad if that makes sense to you. So you immediately assume that the way that your dad is doing things is the normal way for things to be done. So whenever you hear the word father, you ever hear the word dad or whatever the case might be, you immediately in the back of your mind go back to your framework, your scenario, your circumstances and how your dad wants to be. Now, if your dad continuously stirs you up to wrath or stirs you, makes you angry or whatever the case might be, you're going to have that relationship with God. And that is totally not the relationship that, that God has with his people, God has with his nation. I'm specifically thinking of the scripture verse of Abraham where um, the angels came to him and said, we're going to destroy the nation of, or the countries of Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, Abraham walked with them and said, I, I think you're unjust in doing that. Um, is it possible for you to 
save it if there's 100 righteous people and God changes his plan. You understand? Mm. Then they go down to 50 or whatever and God changes his plan. And I think to me that is probably the best example of proper fatherhood um, being willing to, to negotiate, not negotiate, but you understand, willing to have a discussion, an open forum discussion with your children and lead them to understanding much rather than lead them to argue with you or be angry with you or something like that. Mm, mm, no, I totally get you. Um, those those are, are quite good points that you raise. So our, the scripture that we're talking about is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. So Ephesians 6, 4, um, and it reads as such. It's literally, if you think that we're reading it out of context, this scripture is <laughs> directly aimed at fathers, not even parents, fathers, right? Um, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, by the way, actually, no, let me read this version. Um, I'm going to read the new international version. Uh, no, I actually wanted to read the King James. Oh, there, there it is. Uh, the new King James version. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Um, so there is training and admonition. As far as I know, ad- to admonish someone means to correct them. Um, yes. yes, so do correct them. So it says correct them, but it also says do not provoke your children to wrath. So that is a very interesting one because, you know, um, when you are a person who is not of a good heart and you're not sincere, you can abuse such a scripture, you know. Um, you can think mm. of it in the sense of, you know, I don't know, Someone looked at you wrong and it made you angry. Therefore, they violated the scripture. That is not what it's referring to. So in as much as we want to have the conversation that um, fathers do need to adhere to the scripture in the sense that you need to be very sensible in the way that you deal with your your children. But at the same time, we also don't want to pretend as though children do not need to be disciplined right mm. so when they're wrong we, they don't need to be disciplined um i was i was watching a film that i it's called the accountant i don't know if you've seen it child mm. absolutely yes. love it yeah with ben affleck <laughs> as the star, uh, starring yes. actor so one of the things that they share in that film and i don't know i uh, know i'm not going to spoil it so one of the things that really touched me about that film is when he was growing up his father was very harsh on him and his brother, like very, very harsh because he was from the military. I have nothing mm. against fathers from the military, by the way, because <laughs> I know that I mention militant fathers quite a lot. Uh, but I think it's also because of how the military can condition you to be very results based uh, and results focused um, and yes. wanting things to happen in a specific order. Um, you know, so it tends to remove from compassion and you know understanding a person's emotions because in the military we don't care how you feel this needs Mm -hmm. to get done and it needs to get done now that's a militant approach and there are fathers who parent in that way in fact there are mothers who prepare who who, uh, parent in that way but we're not discussing mothers today we're discussing fathers Um, and yeah so 
it is important for us to mention that the fact that we're not saying that or, or rather targeting fathers and saying that fathers all they need all, all they need to spend their lives doing is avoiding to make their children angry this is referring to going i don't know if how can i word it but i think i can do it better with an example right so what this yes. is trying to do is is to say that do not always be in a disposition to intentionally provoke your children to wrath to a point where you you literally become oblivious of how they feel uh for example i know parents who look at their children and tell them that you will never amount to anything mm. i don't know why you keep thinking you're better than everyone else you know um and just telling them things like that and also doing things like just you know locking their stuff away simply just not because they did anything wrong oh here's a good one actually what sometimes uh fathers can tend to do is um you issue a punishment that does not fit the crime mm. that goes over and above what the child actually deserves um and you do that for a long period of time like there are some uh people or fathers who will punish their you know it's not just about the way you punish i really have to make that very clear mm. it's also about you know things like not wanting to hear your child's perspective or just being intentionally difficult towards your kid um and it is a very it, this is something that is so important that the word decided or god decided to include it in scripture to strike a balance between the authority that he's given to fathers towards their children and he's taken that and made sure mm -hmm. that and and you know fathers have been given authority but at the same time fathers need to be responsible enough and good stewards enough for them to not abuse that authority upon their children um do you have any practical tips you can give shall on how to know where how not to cross this line um one of the things that i'm thinking of now is you remember uh, the lady in calcutta what was her name again um, mother teresa oh yeah but she well she when you say calcutta i'm thinking of a movie <laughs> <laughs> Man. but she was she was very humble right um, mm -hmm. and the story has been told that there was sometimes they were they had to make this this count that they were going to destroy some other building and then they decided they the, they had the voting and the building was going to be destroyed and then she came in at the end of it and she's like sorry did i miss it and the stars can be count i want to count again and her presence then made the vote go in the different way meaning that in her humble honest old lady way of approaching things she had immense amount of authority and I think that should much rather be our focus rather than this uh, sort of, I want to say Jedi Knight, you know, this uh, Yoda council that sits and they've got to make all these decisions and the entire Jedi region have to. Oh, yes, uh, the Jedi council. To to that. Yeah. Yes, the Jedi council. They make all the decisions. That's not, I don't think that's biblical parenthood. I think that's very much like what you said, that's militant parenting. Um, one of the practical things that I well, it sometimes is a struggle, but what I try to do with my son is he would ask me why a lot of times. I will tell him you need to go to take you need to take a bath now, and then except he's not going immediately to the bath, and he would ask me why. 
And then I realized it's not that he's being difficult, whereas it is easy for me, my natural being wants to say, because I said so. But I realized he really wants to try and understand why now mm. uh, more than why I take a bath. He knows he has to take a bath. He knows he has to be clean, but he wants to understand why now. So trying to, and I know it takes immense amount of patience, but trying to understand the why. Um, it's like uh, Simon Sinek's uh, famous book, Start With Why. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. That's my first point to always tell people is why. Try and understand why he's asking why the entire time. He literally wants wants to learn, right? Mm. And you need to get into that headspace, which is something, if I remember correctly, uh, with regards to the accountant. Didn't his dad always denied the fact that his son had autism? There was something like that as well. So mm-hmm. he was trying to force his son to be as normal as possible and yes, eventually yes. they got him into that house, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So so that's the other thing. We very often as parents want our children to live our failed dreams and then try to get them to do something different without realizing that you are dealing with a totally different emotional being totally in different way of intelligence a totally different way of thinking reasoning and their desires are not at all our desires 90 percent mm. of the time mm. they love stuff because we love them but you can't force a son you can't force your child to do certain things and when we try and do these things i'm not talking about hygiene uh, discipline and stuff like that i'm trying to force your son to play hockey when he wants to play rugby or force your son to to stop painting because you don't think your son, your son should be an artist. I'm thinking about things like that, you know, like music, for instance, playing guitar. They don't want to do that. That forcing your sons to do, your children to do that. I also believe that stirs them up to wrath. That's causing your son to to be angry, um, you know, angry with you all the time because you don't have an actual. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you don't have a valid reason mm. to tell them who they should be in their life. Um, we, you're very blessed with having children and you need to point them in the best direction to be who, exactly who God created them to be because he's the one that's lent them to you because he has a very specific, I believe, uh, goal that he wants that specific ch- child to fulfill one day. Mm, and mm. you need to coach them in that. And if you're constantly stirring them up to anger, again, what relationship would that child then have with God? Because he's the one continuously saying that I'm your actual father. Mm, mm. You know, I love the fact that you pointed out um, that you in your natural being as a man, um, you're tempted to, you know, tell your your son that because I said so. And I think it, it really brings us back to the discussion that, we are weak in our flesh and our flesh always seeks to pursue the easy way out or um, for us to seek to appease our emotions. Mm. And this, I think for me, what it's teaching me is that even as I think, especially in the position of, fa- of, of fatherhood, you do need to constantly be seeking um, God and seeking for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because you often we want to abuse that authority, right? Because it's easy because we then get our way and then we get our children to do what we want. It's very easy to not sit down and find out where the problem actually is. Um, And I think another thing I want to point out from the verse that we're focusing on today is the word provoke. 
Now, the word mm. provoke literally means that you found something sitting doing nothing and you caused an action that would lead it to invoke um, um, anger within it, right? Or you would basically cause it to act. So it means that you found it in a, in a peaceful state or you found it in a relaxed state and you caused um, wrath upon it or you caused it to be angered or to move or to do something. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind, um, that you shouldn't punish your kids or um, just ask them to do things that are not sensible and things that are, I think the word I should use actually is the word reasonable. Um, for yes. them to do things that are unreasonable when you actually think about it. And the biggest one, which I've, I've realized that this is, I, I, I'm, I'm criticizing parents here and it's very easy for me because I don't have children right now. <laughs> uh, Come but, this side, given. You, know, this you side. know what I mean, exactly. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I want to say that I have found that saying the word, I'm sorry to your children, oof, oof, yeah, no. That's one mm. thing I've realized a lot of parents struggle with doing. And I know, I don't know if you know the meme, Charles, uh, going around that women just don't, uh, when they're mar within marriage, they just don't want to apologize. The word I'm sorry is not there. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a meme that a guy put up and he was like, um, yeah, you women, since you know everything, what is this? And then the word that it's pointing to is the word apology. And then this woman responds in jest saying, this is the study of apples. <laughs> <laughs> Apology. <laughs> oh my word. Very, very Imagine. classic. Very, very classic. And I think the yeah. very same joke can apply to parents because yes. I I quite honestly have noticed that it parents do not often, very often, like it's rare that you'll hear a parent say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And I don't think I think it's important for parents to learn, particularly fathers, to learn just how much you're teaching your son when you put yourself in a position where you are in the seat of authority, but you bring yourself down to say to them, listen, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but I've never heard God. In fact, this is what I'm thinking to myself. I've never heard, seen a scripture where God apologizes to um, like a person, right? Any one of his sons. And that's an interesting mm. question, actually. However... We do see God um, dedicate, and I'm, I'm, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well, Charles. I just want to share this bit. Um, what I what I what I remember in Scripture is God. In fact, I think you mentioned it, Charles. God wanting to do something, and then having one of His servants come to Him and say, "Lord, don't do this." Because this, like, for mm. example, with Moses, when Moses um, it caused God to repent, and this is literally what the Bible says. How you want to interpret that, I, it, it's not really what, what's important right now. The thing I want to point out is the fact that God, being as sovereign as he is, listened to Moses and changed his mind on an action that he was already committed to and decided yes. to do something or rather decided to forgive and express mercy and grace instead because Moses is his friend. And that is something that we need to now begin to adopt as um, either fathers or future fathers. What are your uh, closing thoughts, Shah? My closing thoughts on that is remember that when, when uh, what Moses did is he reminded God of who he is. 
said God, but remember, you can punish us all the all the while. But the the, the cities and the nations surrounding us would say we would not want to serve that God because look at the way that He's treating His people. And then that's when God repented. One of the times that God repented, and I think that is exactly so true of the way that we as Christians should raise up our children. That their friends in their schools or in their social spheres or wherever they find themselves do not point to your family and say to your family I don't want to be a Christian because look at the way that those Christians are treating their children um, let that be something for us to think about um, <laughs> yeah because yeah. that's, that's an actual fact that what what happens and I see that very often to be totally honest with you now that I'm um, in the it was different at Radio Pulpit because I had this safe environment. I had this office, and I only know my colleagues. Right mm. now, I get invited to different houses and everything as a as a pastor, which is the way that it should be. But then you realize, like there's there's no family that's the same. Firstly, but these people are trying their some people are trying their utmost best to be Christians, but they do not know how to be a Christian and a parent. They're either a Christian or a parent. And the moment mm. when their children comes into the room or into the the world that we are tar- trying to talk about, uh, they they find it Im- immensely difficult um, because they want to control everything and they want to safeguard. That's another thing that I find that we can actually we need to be cautious of because that can also stir your children to anger. Trying to save them from everything. Don't watch. The Disney Channel, let's Nick call that an example. Don't watch the Disney Channel because there's some things that we don't want you to see. Don't go on Facebook because there's some stuff that you should not be able to see. I know it's age appropriate. We should be cautious of that. But you can't save your children forever. Um, they, they've left the womb. <laughs> Ish, yeah, I <laughs> know. Um, that's true. The covering and, um, they, is gone. Yes, 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 yes. And they need to a certain degree uh, make their own mistakes. Um, in order for them to to learn certain things, because some some things you only learn through through making mistakes, unfortunately. True. Yeah. But yeah. don't raise your children in such a house that the people will not say, uh, "We don't want to be Christian," because yeah. look at the way that the parents are treating their children. That's literally my closing thoughts on that. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for that, Charles. So this is where we're going to take our breather. We'll be back shortly with our devotion. We really always look forward to. Uh, leaving or planting a seed in your heart that you can ponder on over the weekend until we meet again the following week. So do stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. 10th Avenue uh, with Somehow You Want Me. The actual title of the song, as it seems, is actually Control, (laughs) which I think is quite ironic considering that we were kind of talking about (laughs) the subject of fathers wanting control over their children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so uh, we've basically reached the very end of our evening here on I Am Live. We always enjoy hanging out with you um, and just basically having conversations with you. We know that um, there are many of you across so many different Um, provinces and also continents as well. So we do appreciate you listening to us. Um, Just want to give you a reminder that we do have a counseling line. Um, It is 064-530-6805. It is a youth counseling line. Charles is at the other end of that line. And I also want to remind you Mm -hmm. that Charles has extensive experience in dealing with young people who are going through a number of issues. I'm sure if, if, if he just wanted to go, you know, what i just want to shock you guys 
<laughs> he could give <laughs> us stories upon stories of what uh, young people go through and the questions that they have. Um, so, yeah, so he's been a youth pastor and he's dealt with a lot of people's, a uh, lot of young people's uh, issues. And at the same time, as a bonus, um, he also does marriage counseling. Am I correct, Shaw? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Mm. So there's there's basically nothing to lose. So if there is anything that is burdening you in life, if you're struggling to cope and deal and deal or even understand that how could there be a good God and there be lootings and people, you know, um, uh, you know, doing all the things that we're witnessing right now. Um, hit us up on our counseling line at zero six four. Five three zero six eight zero five. If you're a parent listening and you have a daughter or a son or you know of a sibling of yours that has a child that might need someone to talk to, hit us up on our WhatsApp line. Our aim is not to Bible bash. Our aim is not to put young people in a space where they feel like they're not being listened to. The point is to listen to what they say um, and also try to point them towards the right direction. Uh, with that said, Charles, I'm going to hand over to you before we say our good night. Uh, the scripture verse for this evening is Psalm 127 from verse 3. It says, Children are heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame where they contend with their opponents in the court. And I think we need to raise up our children to such a degree that they will not put us to shame. And that does mean that we would need to raise them up as their individuals because we do need to remember that we are uh, given children as a reward. But you also do need to remember that as a person, God, for some other reason, and His sovereignty decided to give you to the parents that He decided to give you to. Do you remember that they do not always, and likely mostly, more often than not, fail to teach you everything pertaining to God and His goodness and His faithfulness and His mercy? But uh, but He is the ultimate good, good Father. And that's literally the story of the Bible from the beginning to the end, is God is our Father. And with that, have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. And from me, given illustrative, I look forward to hanging out with you next week, Friday, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And this is where we say have a blast of a weekend.